just love that intro. <laughs> nice and happy and wants to make you um, kind of jiggle around a little bit. But let's just start with a word of prayer before we get into the message today. Let's just pray together. Gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks that we can come and worship you today. Whether we're here in this building or whether we're online, we just ask, Lord, that you open our hearts, you open our minds to hear your word as found in the Bible. But, Lord, more than just hear it, Lord, make it a part of us. Make it challenge us. Make it alive within us again today. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit is upon me today as I bring my thoughts and my meditations upon your word. I pray this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Well, we're in the second week of our, my, what is the last preaching series that I will be doing. Um, and it's called Teachings, and we're going to be looking at some of the teachings of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 5. Today I want to actually explore another one of the famous teachings that Jesus offered in this chapter, a teaching on salt and light. As we get into Jesus' teachings on salt and light, I first of all want to ask you some questions to get your brains thinking about what it means to, that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. But I want us to step back from those couple of words and I want us to start thinking about whether we have plans for our lives. Have you got a plan for your life? No? Yeah. <laughs> Make it through the day, you know, get, get to the other tomorrow, whatever it might do. You know, some of us um, have plans for their lives. Some of us have a, a sense of direction where we want to head in our lives and what that means. It doesn't matter what age you are. We've all got some kind of idea of what we want our life to look like and what we want, how, our, how we want our life to go. You know, it might be a career path. It might be about what's our next move and how do we cope with what's going on. It might be the place we're going to live. It might be the person we're going to grow old with. It might be plans for your family. It might be plans around being healthy. We all make plans. We all have ideas about what our life should look like. We have ideas about what our ideal life should look like. Some of us achieve these plans. And sometimes we don't. And it just doesn't go anywhere near it. But I want to ask you this. Does your plans that you have, that I've just got you starting thinking about, do they include God? Does your plan have faith in Jesus for your salvation as part of it? Does your plan take into account that God has a plan for your life? Does your plan include sharing the good news about Jesus? Does your plan include making choices in your life that reflect your faith in Jesus? See, these are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves when we start delving into the teachings that Jesus has. Last week, as I was talking 
through about what Jesus was teaching his disciples, about how the crowd had been following along and he sat down on the mountainside and started teaching the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, the sermons about the blessings. And, and Jesus is teaching about how God chooses to bless individuals. And it may not necessarily have been the idea that you thought blessing was all about. It challenges us about God's idea of whom God blesses. In this week, as we look at the next part of what Jesus was teaching, and it's interesting to think about it, that the Bible, as you read it, doesn't go, oh, he, he taught about um, the blessings and then he wandered off, went somewhere else, and then started teaching about something else. It's this, it seems as though, as you read through Matthew's Gospel, that it is the same teaching session that Jesus is doing. He's just kind of giving um, different segments and pushing into different areas. And we, when we read this, we often need to think that it's not just these words. Jesus would have said other things and there would have been interactions. This is what is remembered and what is brought back to us. So this teaching about salt and light is in the same time, the same place, with the same people as Jesus has been just teaching about how God blesses different people and it's been turned upside down. And then he starts and he starts teaching about salt and light. He starts delving into what it means that God has a plan for us and what that means for our lives. So I want to just jump into Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to be looking at just verses 13 to 16 today. So let's, we'll put it up on the screens for you all, but let's just delve into this. And it starts with this. You are the salt of the earth. So let me just go back. Just before you, this is what Jesus ended off. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of thing, evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, in the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And then he moves on and says, you are the salt of the earth. So those who have been holding on to the truth of Jesus, holding on for the faith, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavour? Can you make it salt again? It, has, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You, and that's the people who is listening, his disciples who are hearing Jesus teach here, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, Jesus moves on from, from teaching about whom God blesses to challenging the disciples to think about how they are to live their life, the things they're meant to be doing. Let me say, you, that is the disciples, that is uh, who are here within this room, 
who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, who are online who are saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, you are the salt of the earth. You, who are here, are the light of the world. See, in both of these, Jesus doesn't just go, oh, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world and leave it there. He actually goes on and, and pushes a little bit further. He doesn't leave it there. He goes, you need to guard yourselves against losing your saltiness or hiding your light. You need to guard yourselves against losing your saltiness or hiding your light. So let's just delve into this a little bit. Let's delve into the first part of the illustration of that Jesus is giving about being salt of the earth by using another little illustration. Uh, for Christmas, Annette gave me a gift. It was, it was truffle salt, which is really nice. It's lovely. And it goes really well on, on um, scrambled eggs, a little sprinkle on the top. A bit of cooking advice from me, but, but really nice gift. But it actually highlights the point that Jesus is making about salt losing its saltiness. Bear with me for a moment. I'll explain it. There are two different ways that salt actually loses its saltiness. It doesn't, it, you know, salt is, you know, what we think of salt. So it's a much bigger, broader category chemically. But, you know, sodium chloride, sea salt, that kind of thing, or rock salt that's brought out of the ground, you know, that saltiness. You, get, you lose saltiness by, say, say if you um, put salt in some water, what happens? It dissolves and you've got some salty water. What happens if you pour more water into it? Is it as salty as it first was? The answer is no, because what's happened? Because you've diluted the salt. So saltiness loses its saltiness by being diluted from other things. Hold that in your brain for a moment. The other way saltiness loses its salty characteristics, its saltiness, is if it gets contaminated. Now, truffle salt technically is a contamination of salt. It has a small bit of truffle in there and it changes the whole nature and characteristic of what is being used. Now, those little flakes of truffle pack a massive punch. I was thinking, oh, yeah, you'd have to put on, you know, a fair bit just to get some flavour out of it. No, you put a couple of little sprinkle on it and it's, it's there. It's, you no longer have that salt kind of flavour. You have truffle flavour. It's changed its nature. It's been contaminated by truffle. It's no longer salt, you know, you sprinkle salt and you go, oh, yep, yeah, that's doing what it's meant to do. It's going, no, it's actually imparting a different flavour. So think about it. If we are meant to be the salt of the earth and we start diluting our faith by having other things come on board, if we start diluting what we know about Jesus Christ and our faith by having other things become part of it, then we've lost our saltiness. We lose our saltiness if it, our faith in Jesus Christ is contaminated by other things. It no longer is our faith in Christ, it's our faith in Christ plus something else, plus the added things that we add on to make it this new flavour. 
Jesus is saying here, if you lose your saltiness, if you dilute your faith in God, if you contaminate it with other things, then it is worthless. Throw it out and it will be trampled on the ground. Remain pure, remain faithful to God. It's a bit challenging, isn't it, when you start to think about it and when you break it down for ourselves. The, the other thing that Jesus does is he drives home this point that we, we, we've got to actually keep our faith in God. The disciples are meant to be keeping this, to be, to be salty, so to, to give. You know, and, and you can delve into it. Is, you know, salt is used to preserve foods. Um, we, we don't, we didn't, they didn't have a refrigeration in those days and in order to preserve food, you would, you would pack it in salt. But if you pack it in contaminated salt, what would happen? That flavour would permeate the food. So you don't put contaminated salt in there. And you don't put diluted salt in there, you know, salt that's been watered down because it doesn't do as good a job. All those kind of things. But Jesus drives home this point by giving a, a second illustration of, of what the disciples are meant to be doing. The disciple says, Jesus says that you are the light of this world. Your faith should shine out for all of the world. You know, you don't hide it by putting a light, you know, lighting a lamp and sticking a bushel or a basket over it. Now, there's a couple of things. When we think about this illustration, you've got to think back into that time. If you're lighting an oil lamp, it's actually heat being produced, it's light being produced because it's burning. And have you, have you ever seen what happens when you put something that is burning under a cover that stops oxygen getting to the flame? What happens to it? After a little time, it goes out. It dies down and goes out. Even if it's just getting a little bit, the flame will die down to it's almost nothing. So as you cover up the flame of Christ in your life with other things, what happens? It starts to be squashed and extinguished. And the light of Christ that is within us is meant to flow out to all people around you. It's meant to influence and be a light to those people within your household, to those people in, that you have connections with, your neighbours, your family, your friends, your work colleagues. They're people that you are meant to actually give the light of Christ to. But if you keep on covering it up and hiding it away, then it will extinguish itself. You won't be shedding the light of Christ. These two little illustrations, these two teachings from Jesus are immensely challenging once we start bringing it back to us as disciples. See, God has a plan for your life. And this is what I wanted to actually bring it back to for us. You know, we might think it's really, really challenging. God actually has a plan for your life. And that plan is that you will be salt to the world. That in other words, that you will be able to behave in such a way, act in such a way, show people your love of God found in Jesus Christ. And it will influence and change people's lives around you. That's God's plan for the disciples. That's God's plan for you. In the same way, God has a plan for you to be the light of the world, that, that you won't be timid and afraid and hide back and hide your faith in Christ, that you will actually be willing to step up and say, yes, 
I will tell about my faith. When somebody asks you, what did you do on the weekend? I went to church and it was really great. You know, talk about, you know, even that little simple thing, often people will go, oh, no, we did these family things, we did all these other bits and pieces and we neglect actually saying we went to church. It's amazing how insidious even those little things become when we're not willing to go step up and say what we are believing in and it's actually a real part of our life. God has a plan for you, a plan of influence, a plan of power, a plan where you don't, where you're not timid, that you are strong in your faith, you are courageous in your, your faith. But let me give you a couple of things, a couple of easy ways to guard yourself against losing your saltiness, against hiding your light from the world. And the first way that we can, we can stop ourselves from losing our saltiness as a disciple is this, is that we, if, we, if we stop reading the Bible, if we stop reading what the Bible is about, then we start losing our saltiness. If you don't have an active Bible reading process within your life, a Bible reading plan, a way of doing that, you know, on, on whatever framework, best daily, but even weekly will do. You know, take time to read the Bible. It's God's word for us. In Psalm 119 verse 105 says, the word, that is the Bible, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. In other words, the Bible is going to guide us in our lives. But how can we be guided if we've never read it, if we never let it guide our lives? You know, have you ever bought one of those guidebooks on, you know, gone travelling? Um, and there's a guidebook that says, oh, go and see these sites. These are really important. Have you ever dropped into a city or a place and stuff and gone, what do I do? Um, I have no idea where to go. I don't know what, where things are. What's in this city? And you can wander around lost for many, many, many days trying to figure out what's happening. And suddenly, if you read the guidebook about what happened in the city, you weren't aimlessly wandering around. You could actually then go and actually find places and things of interest. The Bible is a guide for our life. And when we stop reading the Bible, we actually easily lose our way. Another way that we lose our saltiness is by not praying. You know, our faith in Christ, our faith in God is actually fed by our prayer. Prayer is our lifeblood. It connects us with God. Prayer is our way of staying close to Jesus. It's a communication. And when we lose our connection, when we lose our communication, we lose our strength and we start to become contaminated by the world. If we are not reading the Bible, if we are not praying, then other things take influence and take hold and guide our lives instead. We lose our saltiness as a disciple of Jesus Christ when we let living out our earthly desires, when we let the world tell us what's more important than what God is telling us. We become diluted. We become contaminated.
when we become so close to the patterns of our world, the behaviours of our world around us that have got nothing of God in there, the nothing of Christ, nothing of faith, when we are so the same as what the world tells us to be, then we are not being salt of the world. We are not being a light to the world. We actually then start taking on upon ourselves the ideology of the world around us rather than the precepts and the truth of God for our lives. We lose our saltiness when we hide our faith in Jesus Christ, when we never talk about Christ to anybody. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 8, and we're going to put it up on the screen for you as well, um, says this. And this is Jesus giving commission to the disciples of what they're meant to be doing. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know. But you will receive the power... Of the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. Notice this. You will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, the disciples were not to remain silent. We are not to remain silent. We are meant to be the light of the world, and that means talking, spreading the good news, to share that good news. We share that in our life through the actions that we have, through the witness that we give, through the way that we live. Jesus is teaching here the disciples who've come and they've just had that God blesses, blesses you even if you're having hard times, even if your life is not the way you thought it'd be, even if your life is not as in tune with what the world says is a blessing. God is blessing you. And then he goes on and says, even in this, God blesses you in all of these things, but you as a disciple, you need to guard yourself. Don't let these blessings, don't let these things make your life comfortable and you let it go and you start taking on all of the patterns of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Don't let your saltiness, your faith in God, your faith in Christ, be diluted and contaminated. Guard against that. And he says that you are the light of the world. You are the disciples. You disciples, the ones that follow you, you are the light of the world. You give and you make a witness to Christ. You don't hold back. You make a witness to Christ. Don't hide that witness. Don't let it be snuffed out by putting a cover over it. You know, a flame will grow, a light will come on more as you feed it oxygen. 
And as God's word comes into your life, as your prayer life continues, you will grow more and more and your light will shine more and more and you will be willing and able to go and speak the good news to those people you know. See, God has a plan for you not to be diluted, not to be contaminated, but to be the salt of the earth. God has a plan for you not to be hidden away, but to be the light of the world. God has a plan for you to remain pure in your faith, pure to Jesus' teachings, both in word and in action. So let us just pray. Our loving, gracious God, you challenge us so much and so often about how we're meant to live our life and what we're meant to do, about making it real and purposeful in our lives, of having that time spending in your word, having that time spent in prayer, having that time being willing to go and talk about our own faith. Lord, today as you have said to your disciples all those years ago that we are the salt of the earth. Lord, help us to be the salt of the earth today. Each and every one of us know, Holy Spirit, I just ask you today that you come and you restore our hearts, you restore our mind, you restore that saltiness upon us. Oh Lord, today, you remind us that we are to be the light of the world. And Lord, we just ask that you put that flame back inside of us so that we may truly be the light of the world, willing to go and have conversations with people and talk about our faith, willing to go and talk about the love of God for our lives, the, the restoration that we have. Lord, help us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Help us to guard ourselves against losing saltiness. Help us to guard ourselves against being hidden so our light may shine, the light of your love in our life. Oh Lord, we pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.